We are joined by Scott Reed, former political advisor to Prime Minister Paul Martin, now CTV and News Talk 1010 political analyst. Nice to have you, sir. Happy Monday. Happy Monday, sir. So Olivia Chow is becoming even more popular. And I want to be very careful how I express this. I'm not saying I don't like Olivia Chow. I just can't figure out how she's pulling this off. Is this how you talk about me when I'm not on air with you? Look, no, no, I'm not you know saying I love don't you. like Scott Reed. I, I, it's just that, you know, like, I think he used to part his hair down the middle, right? And there's something wrong with that. Um, look, I, I, I'm i I'm with you. I'm actually, I'll be more explicit. I'm an analyst. I can say anything I like, uh, you know, beyond, you know, criminal uh, boundaries. Um I'm, I'm not her biggest fan, uh, but I think name recognition is surprising to my view, surprising lack of engagement in this uh, election by the public, um, because frankly, I just don't think it's sort of captured people's imaginations, even though you hear a lot of grumbling and disgruntled uh, feelings about the city, um, mean that she's kind of consolidating her position. Now, I, you, you literally, I just always caution people, you can't rely on these quickie media polls to tell you much. Right. You got to dig into their methodology. You got to keep in mind that they're, you know, the papers don't pay for these polls. So just be careful. Like when they say, well, this person's at 8% and that person's at 11%, uh, that's not a reliable finding. But the fact that she's lapping the field, that is a lapable, that is a reliable finding. And it's been found over and over again. And so it just takes you to one inevitable place. Unless the field does something to Olivia Chow or Olivia Chow does something to Olivia Chow, Olivia Chow will be mayor. It's what I find fascinating in all of this, Scott, is, I mean, I remember how Doug Ford kind of disappeared from the campaign trail during the last election, but at the same rate, his MPPs had to get elected. So, you know, that that's sort of explainable. But in this case, I mean, Olivia Chow just sort of floats above everything with uh, in an impenetrable um, platform, and somehow she is the runaway favorite. She has two big advantages, obviously name recognition, right? She's a familiar political commodity. And second, the left has largely blown their whistle and cleared the basketball court for her. And, you know, I mean, you got Josh Matlow a little bit chewing in there, but Josh is a lone player. And really everybody else on the left has, you know, thrown their lot in. So that gives her a ground organization. And you just haven't seen the same thing on the other side of the equation. And to be fair, the other candidates on the other side of the equation have failed to capture people's minds. I think it's interesting. And, you know, I go back to my asterisk about the findings of these polls, but I think it's interesting that Mark Saunders, since he launched this race, appears to have a minimum stalled or failed to increase and fallen. And I, I think that, you know, that, that tells you that people just haven't been able, these candidates haven't been able to capture people's imagination. And so, you know, I mean, you had a name recognition and on the ground organization. She's dunking on an eight foot rim. And these other guys do not look like they are primetime basketball players. Looks like this issue is not going to go away anytime soon. Paul Bernardo transferred to a Quebec prison facility. He goes from maximum security to medium security. It's not exactly a country club, but I think, you know, if there's one person Canadians would like to see executed, it's Paul Bernardo. Yeah, I don't think he should ever be moved from the worst place possible. Um, and so, like, I have literally, I have, like, um, angry guy in his 
driveway sitting in his lawn chair with a mustard stain on his shirt kind of opinion on this. Like, I don't think that guy should be provided a single creature comfort for the rest of his existence. Um, I come by this a little bit personally. My uh, business partner, longtime super close friend, his family were very close friends with um, one of the girls that was murdered by him. And, uh, and I just, I got, I got, I got no human kindness for this guy. And so I'm with the minister. I think what do you call it? Incomprehensible or something like I just, <clears throat> I, I know this, how our system works and we ought not to interfere with it. And, and, you know, but in this case, I just think this guy just uh, leave him under a rock. Uh, new survey shows people are more afraid of running out of money than death. Um, I'm not sure the two circumstances are comparable because I'm in the process right now of uh, meeting with a financial planner to figure out what my retirement looks like. And his first question was, how old do you want to be? And I thought, I don't know. <laughs> how old do you want to be? <clears throat> Ask me one year for my uh, projected passing um you know 85 seems old until you're 84 and a half right um i you know i uh, i don't trust polls like this i this is, i guess a the theme this morning you, you, like first of all are those my only choices um second of all i don't think um you know, I just, I think people over-report their economic pessimism. I think people are economically pessimists. Don't get me wrong. But when things are going, you know, really, really badly, as they have been with cost of living, um, people say, I can't afford anything. And we know statistically that that's actually not true. Um, you know, so when they ask people, well, will you default on your mortgage? A huge percentage over and above the, the number that actually will say that they might. When you ask people, how dire are you? They say, I can't even eat. Like, so it's, and I'm not underestimating how bad it is out there, but I am saying that when you ask people this, you invite them uh, to, to overstate uh, based on their perception, not their reality. Uh, do you agree with Chantelle Hebert's analysis that uh, Pierre Polyev is kind of, uh, you know, it's not necessarily slipping from his grasp, but his current strategy is not necessarily endearing him to Canadians when he should be the prime minister in waiting? Uh, no, I don't really agree with her. I think she makes a strong point about his failure to connect in Quebec and how that gives a lifeline to Trudeau. Um, you've heard me say many, many times, I don't think Trudeau should step away, no matter how battered and bruised his brand is in English Canada, because without 35 seats in Quebec, the Liberals have no chance of forming any kind of government, and Trudeau alone gives them that. But Polyev is also giving them that, because he's not connecting in Quebec. But beyond that, I think, you know, there's a there's a real desire that people that dislike Polyev, of which I I count myself, want to believe that he's unelectable. And that is a recipe for disaster. Um, he's, uh, he's, he's on track to be prime minister. And I do not believe he will defeat himself. I think that the other side is going to have to defeat him. And I, I, I watch a lot of liberals uh, say, yeah, but this guy, this guy's not going to get there. But, you know, that's what my friends who worked for Mr. Harper said about Justin Trudeau. Nobody would ever really elect him prime minister. That's what we said about Stephen Harper. He was too extreme. He would never get elected. That's what they said about Mike Harris. I can go on and on and on. That's what they said about Rob Ford. Never underestimate your opponent. Never imagine that your opponent is um, is, is going to stop themselves. You have to stop them. Brian Lilly writes in The Sun today about his attempts to get documents to find out what's going on with the Eglinton Crosstown. The Ford administration is stalling around and the Crosstown people, Metrolinks, are saying, yeah, it's going to cost us a whole whack of money and you're going to have to pay. Okay. <laughs> I live 
a baseball throw away from this thing. And we are so in the dark as a city, right? When is anything going to happen? They are cutting the lawn and the medians on this thing because the grass is growing, but nothing is running on it. We are all desperately locked in a dark room with no door handles, okay? We don't know what's going on. We don't know when it's gonna get fixed. We don't know if it's ever gonna run. We don't know how much it's gonna cost us. It is insane. When Batman wants to fix a problem or get answers, he takes somebody up to the top of the water tower and threatens to throw them off. I know we're not supposed to ever recommend violence. I'm almost at that point, okay? We need to Batman this thing. It is an unbelievable, unmitigated disaster, and they have to bring in new people to have the debate so that they can have more fingers to point blame at one another. It is insane. It is an insane screw-up, and there needs to be answers big time. They should literally call an inquiry, and I, I just, I, I, it is astonishing to me that we don't know when this thing's going to work, but I do know this. Almost every promise they make, you can depend on, not depending on it. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Pointed analysis from Scott Reed, CTV political analyst and former advisor to Prime Minister Paul Martin.